Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Hello and welcome back to Windows Seat. I'm your host, Chris Price. Windows Seat is presented by Amila, the Adams Morgan Youth Leadership Academy, and recorded live at the Lion Hotel in Washington, D.C., in the Adams Morgan neighborhood of Washington, D.C. I kind of been running late, so that's why, um, I don't know, sometimes it takes some sitting down and cooling off a little bit. Getting comfortable. Hey, what's up, Mr. Francis? What's going on? Ain't much. It's been an interesting, interesting week for me. You know what's happening in my life. Are we? No, we're not talking about that. We're not yes, talking about that. You can if you want. It's your life, but you know, I personally, I stray away from those things. Oh, okay. Well, um, what else is going on today? We got a text message from Jack. Mm-hmm. Saying Wait, are we, we talking about that? I am. Why right, not? What do you think, Chris? Um, saying that we get the tour NPR studios. Yeah. Fucking fantastic. It makes me feel like we're doing something. It makes me feel important. Yeah. Should we wear a tie? I'm not doing all of that. Man, I like to be professional. I'm going to bring my business cards. I'm going to ask to see the spot where they do the um, the tiny desk concerts. Is that what it's called? Mini desk concerts? Yeah, yeah, so the person I met was in charge of that. For real? Absolutely. I, uh, I've told... I've said on this show before that, you know, in my off time, sometimes trying to scramble up some extra change, I'll drive Uber, and I caught a ride. I don't remember where I was at in Virginia. It was 26 minutes away. I remember exactly because those are the rides I canceled. I'm not driving 26 <laughs> minutes to pick you up. Are you crazy? But for whatever reason, I decided to take that 26-minute uh, trip just to pick up a passenger. Mm-hmm. Um, a young lady hopped in a car. Very charming, and um, I told her about my podcast, and she told me what she did for a living. She was the uh, president, I believe, of the NPR division that does the podcast and the Tiny Desk concert. Wow. And, um, yeah, and she decided to send us an invite, and I, I kind of didn't know if it was real. I didn't know um, if she was actually going to follow through because as she was getting out the car, she was like, ah, I should give you my business card. Reached in her pocket and it was no business card. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's that. <laughs> that's the polite uh, swerve. Yeah, I've seen this one before. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, a month or so later, she did reach out to Jack and we got the invite. That means you made an impression. I'm a pretty charming guy. Yeah, you so you tell yourself. Uh, I, I do, honestly, I do. I I will say I noticed some things that are going a little differently in my life because um, in my morning ritual, mm-hmm. I get up, uh, meditate, pray, and affirm myself. And it's funny because I can feel the shift within myself. Like, it's easy to run around and say, I am a confident person, right? But then when you affirm yourself every morning, you actually feel... If you were at 95% confident, you're at 96% confident today. And as you like start to shed that fear, it's easier to make um, decisions that are not seated in fear. And uh, I don't know, I'm enjoying that difference. That's good. I wake up, grumble, 
Wash Rumble. up, yeah, wash up, complain, grumble some more, and then I just say, fuck it, and leave the house. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Yeah, you're, well, you're, you're pretty... You're, most, most mornings, that's... that's uh, I'm working on having a morning routine because I'm learning that, you know, starting the day off positive. And there's few times when I do start my day off positive and I see it throughout the day. Like, I wake up and I'll have a thought of, you know, I want this to happen today. And it, it just... And, yeah, I have a good day. So, But most days, I don't want to get out of bed. And I'm grumbling, and then I get to a point where it's like, let me just do it. And I'll do it. Let me piggyback on that story and how the universe and the world kind of works for us. Because the guest we have here today, I met at a writing workshop, screenwriting workshop um, at American University. And to me, I, I told him the other day, I was like, I'm learning from you. And I, I was curious when we got off the phone. I was like, what? I wonder what he thinks of that comment. But um, it's very, very true because um, I noticed how you jumped on the opportunity when I, met you, when I met you. We were sitting in a classroom with a bunch of other aspiring writers, and there was a producer there. And the producer was leaving, and I don't know if he said he was looking for other writers or what, <laughs> but you jumped. There was no hesitation. You introduced yourself, and it, it's just like little things like that. I'm like, oh, it's important to move with that speed, right? And I think we even talked about it for a moment. Um, we have you here today. Why I was excited about um, bringing you on is because you're grinding. Um, you're at a place in your life where you decided to sacrifice your income for what you feel is your vision for your life. Um, your company is called Syllable. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you are trying to do as I understand it, is build a community of writers, um, help curate, um, help people perfect their craft, and then help present them to the world. Um, That's an incredible mission. I'm curious where that mission struck you and and when you decided to do that. Amari was right, I am going to butcher your name. (laughs) Just the last name. Fabrice Um, Garrier. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. He's he's Haitian. Thank you. For <laughs> <laughs> because when I heard his name, it made me, I was like, where's he from? But just in case for the people who might have wondered. So tell us about your company and, and what drives you in this world. Absolutely. Um, first, I want to welcome, I want super grateful to be here and speak to your audience and your fans here uh, and spread this good message. Mm-hmm. Um what inspires me truly is stories. Um, as someone who moved here to the country at a young age, I started to realize more and more how powerful storytelling is, how powerful our ideas, our thoughts, our consciousness is so fundamental to who we are and how we're becoming. And if I can play a role in empowering others who feel called by that why, I think my life is worth living. Because I think that's the change that you do on a very much societal level. And starting a company like Syllable is really finding those writers who believe in their craft and no longer wants to live in, like, for example, like in a corner in a coffee shop and write in their minds, in their heads for two or three years until they have a product. It's, I think we're living in 
very tremendous times. Like we're living in the fourth industrial revolution where all industries across the planet are going to be digitized. And that those has fundamental like implications for who we are as a as a people and and how wealth is distributed, how access is distributed, how we understand things. And I think building a company in, in this time and aligning something with my something I care deeply about as a writer myself is something that I really enjoy doing. So this is not necessarily about me. This is about this is bigger than me. This is bigger than us. I and and it's it's just there's a lot of changes going to happen in the next twenty years and, and I wanted to just align my passion and, and help people in my tribe, the writers, the storytellers to get more access, speak their mind, share ideas, evolve, um, and make wealth from their, from their ideas. So I think about this a lot because we're kind of in the same space. Um, everyone carries their phone. Um, we record podcasts, so they have access to us, right? I don't know if the world has decided how to value this service that we're providing quite yet. So it sounds like you're kind of in the same space, just... You, you get what I'm saying? There's, there's writers Absolutely. out there. You understand that the, the typical path for a writer to produce his product and get it out to the world might be inadequate for today's society. Absolutely. And so you offer, you're offering a solution. Give me more if I'm a writer. What would I experience on your platform? So as a writer, like first I want to take a step back um, okay. into the why because uh, I feel there's different folds of writers there are writers who like the idea of writing and there's other writers who fundamentally believe that fiction and stories can change people's life and transform people's life like those are the writers that we really want to work on early on and and build a platform of writers who come into our platform um post their stories they're able to get feedback on their stories and their stories can be published uh, we create a product page as well for the authors, and they're able to collect subscriptions from readers and fans. The, the idea is kind of tied to an African proverb that says, like, if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you're going to go far, you go together. And it's kind of dislodging that mindset that you don't have to write by yourself anymore. Um, you have a vision. You have a passion. Like, Syllable is a home for writers and to kind of give you a sense, like we started first with collaboration mm-hmm. because when we first started the process, uh, me and my co-founders, we truly felt that collaboration was so integral to solving a lot of the uh, problems that writers currently face. It's like they don't have confidence or they don't have the time. Like usually writers are people that are easily inspired, but also kind of goes through the ups and downs of life very easily as well. Um, Writers are people that are passionate and they take their craft very seriously and and they don't necessarily have that accountability to produce and might work on a creative work like for years on without showing it to anyone. Our, our, our vision is really you ship fast. You put your work out there, you get feedback and you gain uh, an audience. Um, so we started with collaboration. The first collaborative process started, it was in my living room. I got three, three authors from different backgrounds. It was one Cuban-American woman I met in Florida State University where I did my undergrad. Go Knowles, I'll do a shout out. <laughs> um, and the other two were uh, two other writers based in D.C. And I got them in my living room and I told them, 
I had done a broad hypothesis of what collaboration looks like. I looked at the writer's room in Hollywood. How does that function? How do writers ideate and kind of connect with each other? I also looked online and as to how does collab... Why isn't something that's popular? Like usually when you see a book, you see just one name or maybe two. But collaboration is so much more like popular in music industry or so much more popular in academia. Um, so we got these two writers together. And I asked them to write a short story together, just something very small with my assumption on how this would look like. I was amazed. I was completely amazed by what I saw because I heard like I heard philosophy, I heard culture, I heard history, I heard personal storytelling, I heard even theater, like in the designing of that world, that universe, and in the designing of those characters. Um, and after two weeks, they had a short story. Uh, they had written together a short story as opposed to by yourself in the, your own corner. So we repeated that process six more times in person and online with different authors. And we took the first three short stories and published it as a book. So over the last year, we've been focusing a lot on collaborations. But now we've opening up the platform to focus on the individual writers who are passionate about their why, who know why they write, and create a production schedule within the platform where they can share ideas get get improve their skills and get their work out there and publish and make some money out of their ideas they own all their rights and all their ip um, but the goal is really to identify those writers that are super active and that are motivated and find their find them their dream partner so they can collaborate and we as syllabus a company we can create content in-house you publish this stuff on the website or app so we publish this stuff on amazon uh, as well as on the site okay so I'm thinking about to, uh, thinking back to being in school and how trying to write a screenplay on my own is much harder than having a teacher because I had deadlines to meet. So some of what you're saying does resonate with me very well. I'm curious about the process, right? I log onto your platform. I'm a writer. I submit my writing to the platform. What happens next? Where does the collaboration take part? So when you join the platform you have an author page okay um, it shows your picture it shows your bio it also shows kind of the series and the stories that you'll be writing um and from there you also have a back end you have a, a, a password protected forum where writers join in and they have to post on every tuesday uh to the pitch pit we say throw it in the pit and on and by wednesday they have to comment another writer's uh work and they receive a comment as well or more and by Thursday, they submit us the piece revised and we publish it on the site if it's good. Um, and from there on, we kind of continue that production schedule of, of serialization. We, 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 we really push writers to write within series because we felt like having a character that an, uh, the reader is able to follow over time is so essential to kind of captivating an audience and really building the skills and saying that you're, you're a writer, these, these big massive changes are happening in the age of the internet. How can you see yourself as a creative entrepreneur? How can you see your ideas? How can you see the people that you collaborate with as like this is, you're creating a creative venture around your ideas, around your passion, and how can we help you get to that place? How can we help you evolve? How can we help you find more opportunities for you to grow? And I think nothing in the world has ever been done by yourself. You can look at anyone that has ever, quote unquote, succeeded in quotation mark. 
you don't do it by yourself you do it with others you work you find mentors you you you're you have the humility to see yourself in other people's shoes and being able to have these lessons where you can take it upon yourself to go after what you want how do you vet the riders or can anybody just contribute to the pit so yeah so the early users right now is we've been kind of going through the sales funnel of kind of reaching out to different like first it's we kind of started with word of mouth my personal network and kind of looking at the riders who um because when we first started we we saw there's two types of riders there's super riders the riders that have written since they were kids they are obsessed with sci-fi they've read pretty much all comic books you can imagine they're obsessed with superheroes they write fantasy they're all into horror they're into all sorts of genres and are in film they watch all the sort of films and they have a vision of themselves and they really believe in those ideas those are kind of the writers that early on right now that because in a business when you're starting a business they say that 20 percent of your core customers are going to yield the future profits hmm. um and time is money you have to curate and engage your product and build a platform, especially whatever service that you're giving out. You have to design that service to meet the priorities of your core customers because you can't serve everyone. I think our, our vision is for sure is to advance the rider in the 21st century in the creative economy. But as a company, we're strategically pursuing and recruiting writers who know their why. Writers who know that... Uh, that this is something that is so tremendously important in the times that we live in the age of social media in the age where where everything that's happening a lot of negativity is happening in the in the world we they believe that their stories will change the world so we're getting these core writers in early on through word of mouth like reaching out to different uh social media platforms and kind of interviewing them over zoom like over the past couple of weeks, like I've I've interviewed writers from Italy, mm. writers in the UK, writers in Australia, um, pretty much all over the world. I think in this age of the internet, you can truly tap into a global space of people who have a lot of ideas, and then when you put them together, I think that's where the magic happens. You start creating stories that transcend genres. You start creating ideas that wouldn't otherwise exist. Um, so I, I was saying earlier, we started with, um, with collaboration. So one of the first thing I re I'm proud to, to always say is that we published, I'm pretty sure we published the first uh, sci-fi novel that was written by four writers from four different continents. A Palestinian student, a professor in the UK, an economist uh, in Brazil, and uh, the co-founder, David Russell, in Florida. They all worked. They never met. And they collaborated on this book called Caden and the Dangerous Fool. You should definitely check it out. It's pretty epic. And right now, Colin, uh, Colin Goodwin, the lead writer, is they're working on the second part right now. So if I wanted to read that book, I would go to your website and read it for free? Uh, so you would have to pay to buy the yeah, book. <laughs> that was that was the question I, was in, I had in my head. You actually have two customers because you have the writers and then you have... The readers. The, the readers. What are you doing to find the people who are interested in stories? Absolutely. And, and I think that's something that I like talking to advisors, talking to other writers and talking to people who get excited about this because a lot of people are excited about this. Um, and I kind of 
I have to like really like this. The readers are so critical to this because right. as a writer myself, like I was like, this is my tribe. Like I want to help. But some of the things that we've designed to uh, really focus on the readers is is before when we were focusing on the collaboration, the output would be a micro novel where these three writers come in and then they publish this book in 15 days. So really accelerating the writing process where you're not like sitting in a coffee shop for two or three years. You're writing books in 15 days, a short book from from 20 pages to 70 pages, and then you use that as a pilot to kind of start a series. Um, but the way that we really fundamentally thought about the reader in mind is we created a weekly newsletter where we're kind of garnering um, a reader base and, and highlighting a short story from the platform every week. So you start your Friday morning with a short story from our platform, and it's free to sign up. So I highly recommend everyone to go right now, S-Y-L-L-B-L-E.com, and you can sign up. Another way that we thought about the reader in mind is kind of breaking down this idea of, of getting the, the people to kind of work together. I think we, that, we thought that was too advanced. Asking, uh, asking a writer to collaborate with someone they've never met from around the world to create something, I think that's what's going to define our company and that's at the kernel of who we are. But at this stage, we realized that we needed to build the community at first and the reader base as well. So targeting and engaging and recruiting individual writers to publish their stories individually on the platform gives them access to be able to post those articles and these blog posts from our site directly into their social media handles kind of recruits more readers because when you have you're decentralizing those uh production means for the author they bring in more readers to the platform how often do you guys produce content is it every week every two weeks you guys are writing books like friday, every friday so every friday we're producing content an article a, a short story a short story a short story yeah a short story from a individual writer that is writing um but it had to go through the peer review process on the forum do you guys focus on particular genres or do you just whatever uh someone submits to the pit and if it passes the the you know everyone has believes it's it's good and they contribute it doesn't make the cut like absolutely absolutely and and yeah absolutely i ask because um you know i'm not really into sci-fi but i may be into you know some type of historical book so no i absolutely hear what you mean and and we've for some when we did we've published around uh, 12 books right now and we've ranged from sci-fi literary fiction um, we've had historical fiction as well. We've had horror. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had all sorts of genres. I think at this stage now, we're focusing on the writers who know their whys, like who fundamentally believe that fiction stories can transform lives. And it is critical at this stage that we live right now on the planet that their writing and the role of the storyteller in a society, in a modern society, has almost kind of taken a back seat based on the very top-down pipeline uh, business models of like the industrial era. So at this stage, we are open to any genres, mm-hmm. um, fiction, but I think the core is getting those writers who have that sense of knowing, who know their values, who know their whys, and have invested their time into building their craft. When I think of what you're doing, um, I think of my family and self Florida, I've shared with you because everyone's a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I think about me and Amari's experience on this podcast. When we get feedback from people who are actually listening, it kind of like is fuel to the fire. It's a little easier to keep going on. Mm. So I get the importance of um, collaborating. No, writing writers who know their why. But I also see um, a place where a young writer, maybe fresh out of high school, just in college, who's kind of uncertain about it and hits your platform and then gets receives feedback is encouraged to keep going on and discovering their why i say all of that my question is what does success look like for you if you could paint the picture of your company in the next four years what would it look like i think i'm going to go back to the to the, (laughs) the why we exist in the mission because it just seems like there's something so tricky about this because um when you look throughout history, when creatives, artists, intellectuals, they gather in small places, mm-hmm. they meet, they share ideas, they start working and collaborating, there start to happen a creative, intellectual, and social explosion, a literary movement that is, has fundamentally shaped and, and, like, and, and really embedded humanity, has like pushed humanity pro, uh, forward. And for me, when I look at success is, is like, I want the writer to own their ideas. I want the writer to, to win. Um, I think there's a lot of great writers who have untold stories, and those stories need to be told. Um, I can go into the specifics of what the evolution of the platform would look like, but I don't know. Like, I don't know where a syllable is going to go. Um, I, I joke sometimes in saying like we want to create a new Hollywood that's kind of powered by writers all over the world, uh, creating a platform for the publishing industry. Um, but I think it's it's really up to the writers to decide what what that's going to look like. But obviously, high revenue uh, <laughs> is is critical on this, um, and the 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 market um, the market for film, motion picture, and and IP. In the gaming world, in the comics, um, in TV, I think it's ripe. I think people are hungry for original content that it, it speaks to a lot of people. And if they can have a place like Syllable, where creatives are building their audiences, they're finding proof of concept for these stories, and we can partner with them and help them get those stories to those next medium and produce them. I think that's amazing, and but but I I I feel a little uncomfortable kind of shooting this big vision because I, I've always had to like take a step back and kind of be grind because I'm the I'm the creative I'm the storyteller I'm always in the vision I can tell you about the vision like yes like we want to connect all writers in the entire planet to be able to work together and like define the human story through fiction through new creative things because what we're doing is an exchange of creativity and and creativity is so fundamental in this age of automation, in this age of machine learning. So we stand for creativity and its exchange. In whatever field that you possibly think that exists, Syllable can exist within that. But I'm not going to go into that round because I think we are... I actually actually think that's a a really powerful answer because I think you leave space to be present and respond to your customer base, right? So if you had this vision that you had set in stone, it'd be easy to kind of ignore what the people were getting from your platform what they were using the most and you know stay steadfast on your vision but you seem open to whatever's possible so 
again, this journey, I'm not, I'm not in this journey by myself. It's, this is the we. Um, like collaboration community, that's the way of the future. That's the way that it's like the, this quote that says the rising tide lifts all boat. Like if you collaborate and work with other people, you're pushing yourself and others and your communities forward. That is so important. A lot of the times, a lot of people think about me, me, me. But and I think, I think that's the wrong way to go about it. Or maybe that's maybe that's the stage, and maybe that's necessary at some extent. Uh, I think the ego is 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 essential for like as a driving car in, into the world. But it shouldn't be the driving factor of existing. I think it's it's kind of like kind of it's kind of like Plato that talks about like the tripartite soul where you're in a chariot and you have three horses that are kind of going all sorts of directions but you have to you have to understand where all these directions are but also understand that who you are in that process so these these things are not really taking charge of you but you're you're understanding that this is who I am this is my why and and I'm willing to understand where others stand so I can so we can move forward together in a, in a, in a vehicle that actually makes sense. Uh, I don't know if that makes... That, that no, makes, no, it makes perfect sense. I, I, I think about, you know, your boys, Chase and Chance, and how young they are and where the ego played in my life. And at a certain point, it's still there. It's going to always be there probably. But I do see some grace happening, like where it's kind of like letting up off the wheel and there's better things going on. I don't know what those things are. But it's not so much me, but it was a great thing because it like catapulted, catapulted me forward. Mm. When when did you? Uh, Damn, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My fault. We, no, that was I, I. I felt what you were saying, Chris, but I I wanted to ask how in in light of uh, you know my kids and kids that may listen to the show mm-hmm. when you fell in love with uh writing and, and storytelling because i could you you're quoting you quoted about three different things as so i can tell you're a reader of course if you're <laughs> a writer but so I, i'd like to know when uh you know you fell in love with words yeah i, I think it, it it i think that was by almost by necessity um i moved to the u.s with my family my little brother older brother um, mom and dad, and when I was about 13 in 2004, and I, I didn't speak a word of it English. I, I didn't know the language. I, I knew like the basic, like pass me the water or kind of some of the just traditional things, but I couldn't have like a philosophical, political, or even an, a, a conversation outside of like these very like words that can just kind of just these driven actions. So, like, I set upon myself to be able to really learn. I think I value knowledge. Like, knowledge is so important because it's like, or you hear Bruce Lee that says, all knowledge is self-knowledge. So, whatever thing that you learn, whatever thing that you're, you're engaged is you're discovering yourself, you're discovering your authentic self. So, for me, when I moved to the U.S. in eighth grade um, and throughout high school, like, I volunteered at the library. I was surrounded by books. I was surrounded by stories everywhere. Um, and I volunteered for like five years. Uh, and really, through these stories, I was able to discover the world. I was able to read, like, see his comic books, like reading the Marvel comics, um, seeing the, the stories, and kind of like really just feeling the energies, but also like forcing myself to like understand this and what it means and saying like I could write stories like this i could write better stories so i think 
um, I think my love for um, for the word for stories has been something that has found me as opposed to me finding it because it's 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 just I think it's so critical it's just throughout my entire experience in life over and over and over you gotta kind of be aware of these patterns that you see I, it's just I keep on seeing like what brings me the deepest joy or what is the most fundamental thing I can do to have impact in this planet and and I think you have to find that thing that sparks your imagination that sparks your creativity that like that like strings like the chords of like your heart like you have to find that and i think it's and it's okay if you don't have that now because i think that's that's where the fun begins is like you are looking out to put yourself in situation where you're uncomfortable doing things that you never thought that you would be doing and kind of having that growth mindset because all knowledge is self-knowledge so as you go about and kind of seeking out these experiences i think for me it's kind of process of illumination it's like, wow, I get a lot of happiness and I get a lot of joy doing this. And, and in the context of the times I'm living in, it's like, how can I align this professionally? But also, how can, I, how can this have impact as well? Because I think fundamentally, when you look at a business, is, is driving value for your like, community, for your users. And I think that's the, where the change starts. But you really have to listen to yourself and so you can listen to other people because it's like if you don't know yourself how are you going to ever know other people if you don't listen to yourself how are you ever going to listen to people around you um i think it's kind of building that that inner life and and engaging it in a very intentional way and being sensitive to what what are these things that kind of brings life to you and, and being true to it absolutely and being radical about yeah. it too and saying like i'm gonna fight for this <laughs> like this is who i am and this is what i care about and and i'm gonna i'm gonna fight because it's like if you don't no one else will right because the entire world kind of sh- is shaped around kind of defining for you what this is like the moment you're born everything's already defined for you mm-hmm. this is a car this is a road this is this this is the possibilities this is what you can do um so yeah it's it a lot of it for me is 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 just kind of like beating on my craft like day in day out as well. Uh, I think you have to refine it, you have to work towards it, and you can't you can't leave anything to chance. <laughs> you cannot leave anything to chance. If you have a thinking mind, a beating heart, and two hands, and you have a phone in the palm of your hands, like you can achieve a lot. You just gotta surround yourself with people who believe in you. Mm-hmm. Find your tribe, find your community, and go after it. Like, don't wait. Thank you, thank you. We're up on our time. Yeah, um, usually we'll ask somebody. Yeah, to you, give. Know, you know what it is. I was gonna ask him for some <laughs> inspiration to close the show, but I was thinking about the things you were saying um, when that question hit me, and it feels like it's a reoccurring theme on this show. Some of the points you made, and. Just the thought of having something in your spirit that you decide to take serious and attack with some tenacity is like, I don't know, it's it's a beautiful thing there. And it totally eliminated my last question on the show about inspiring people. So thank you so much for um, joining us. Thank you for talking about your company. I I hope that message uh, helped anyone listening. And I hope you kind of encourage that thing in them that says you know i have something that i can accomplish and make happen and make this world better 
Yeah, so. please give out your information bef- one more time before we... Um, no, absolutely. Yeah, my name is Fabrice Carrier, and uh, uh, co-founded this, this uh, online literary community called Syllable Studios. And it's syllable is S-Y-L-L-B-L-E dot com. My Twitter handle is uh, Garrier Fabrice, last name and first name first. So G-U-E-R-R-I-E-R-F-A-B-R-I-C-E. And you can email me as well directly. It's my first name, Fabrice, F-A-B-R-I-C-E, at syllable.com. Please reach out. If you know a writer, like, let's start building this dream together because I, I'm, I think this, this is just beginning. This is a lifelong journey, and I'm, I'm so grateful to be here and to provide this space because I truly believe that stories is what, like, matters, and especially what you guys are doing this podcast so, yeah, I really appreciate it for welcoming me here in your space and your audience. Well, th- oh, thank you for coming. This was kind of last minute, but um, I feel very full, so I appreciate you coming. Is there anything else in the room? Yeah. Oh, all right. So, real quick, I, I want to do uh, – I got to shout out my kids because they graduated um, from high school. I'm an old guy. Okay. Um, yeah, man. So, we're going to have a – we're going to do a graduation party next weekend. Um, it's a big deal, man. So – proud of them and um i want to shout them out i know last week we had owen with us and owen did a lot of the photography for us but we but um victor also did a lot of photography for us and we forgot i forgot we both forgot to to shout victor out he was a a howard student and um he would come over um you know without asking for anything he just wanted to help out and he did a lot of great work for us and he recently graduated. I don't know exactly what he got his degree in, but it was like some molecular engineering oh, something. Shit. He was yeah. way smarter than us. That's for sure. <laughs> well, me, I'm going to speak for myself. So, um, yeah, he's not going to be with us anymore because he went back home. But I definitely want to um, shout him out and, and let Vic know we appreciate him. And you can see his work at Aesthetic Vic on Instagram. That's at E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-V-I-C. We'll put it all in the show notes. Yes. We, we need to put it all in the show notes. So th- thank you, Vic. And um, thank you for the encouragement because I'm pointing to your son who's in the studio with mm-hmm. us today. I wanted him to get on the mic because nah. um, it, it, it is actually really, really valuable. And I think there's something into like having this energy and then, you know, people who support that energy. It really does mean a lot. Um, anything else? Yeah. Everybody, if you want to hear this show or any other show that we've... Uh we've produced you can listen at windowseat.fullserviceradio.org or uh on any platform that you listen to podcasts just search window seat uh you can also follow us at window seat podcast you can follow chris at c.pricey damn you got everything huh (laughs) and um yeah until next time be inspired Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening. <laughs>